Welcome to the Mystic Show. I'm Chris Curran, and um, happy to get the show started today. We broadcast the show, by the way, from Fractal Recording in uh, northern New Jersey, which is basically a suburb of New York City. And this show is all about spirituality and the otherworldly, all things unseen and uh, things that don't get their due attention. Things that are really important, but get lost in the the rat race of everyday life. So our website is themysticshow.net, themysticshow.net, and you can also call into the show, phone number 973-498-8033. Again, 973 973- Four nine eight eight zero three three. If you have any questions or if you have any comments on the website, we also have archived all of our past shows, which is building up to be quite a library of um, information on different topics and uh, different guests, different callers. Sometimes it's nice to go to uh, the website themysticshow.net and just browse around and see the different episodes and what might interest you. For the second half of today's show, we ha- we're going to have a great guest on the phone. Uh, his name is Mike Schmidt, and he's into all kinds of energy healing and regression therapy and all kinds of cool stuff. We're going to find out what he's up to, and we're going to of course, as always, ask some really good questions and, and kind of get a much better understanding of of what he's doing. Also, did you get your uh, email this morning from uh, The Daily Pause, from pauseyourlife.org? Yeah, if you go to pauseyourlife.org, you can sign up for um, a daily email. It's an inspirational quote, and it's a great excuse or reason really it's an excuse to pause right we don't pause enough so pauseyourlife.org and we're going to start today with our book our byways of blessedness book by James Allen and uh wow this is we've been going through this book we're on chapter 8 actually and this is some some amazing writing here. I mean, this is more than writing. This is like wisdom, you know, put down on into words. It's so powerful and uplifting. You know, just like, you know, this sunshine coming through the window here in the studio right now, because I, the sun, the sunrise is happening right now. The whole horizon was like red and, you know, a little darker and a little red and then it got a little lighter and now I can actually see the sun coming through the window. And so that's enlightening. I mean, that's inspiring. 
And same with James Allen's book. So let's get right back into it. We're on chapter 8, which is called Seeing No Evil. Seeing No Evil. And this is chapter 8 of the book Byways of Blessedness by James Allen. I knew a young man who was in business, and although a member of a church and occupying the position of voluntary religious instructor, he told me that it was absolutely necessary to practice lying and deception in business. Otherwise, sure and certain ruin would follow. He said he knew lying was wrong, but while he remained in business, he must continue to do it. Upon questioning him, I found, of course, that he had never tried truth and honesty in his business, had not even thought of trying the better way. So firmly convinced was he that it was not possible for him to know whether or not it would be productive or ruin. Now, did this young man know that lying was wrong? There was a perceptual sense only in which he knew, but there was a deeper and more real sense in which he did not know. He had been taught to regard lying as wrong, and his conscience bore out that teaching. But he believed that it brought to him profit, prosperity, and happiness, and that honesty would bring him loss, poverty, and misery. In a word, he regarded lying, deep in his heart, as the right thing to do, and honesty as the wrong practice. He had no knowledge whatever of the real nature of the act of lying. How it is, on the instant of its committal, loss of character, loss of self-respect, loss of power, usefulness, and influence, and loss of blessedness. And how it unerringly leads to loss of reputation and loss of material profit and prosperity. Only when such a man begins to consider happiness of others, prefers to embrace the loss which he fears rather than clutch at the gain which he desires, will he obtain that real knowledge which lofty moral conduct alone can reveal. And then, experiencing the greater blessedness, he will see how, all along, he has been deceiving and defrauding himself himself rather than others, has been living in darkest ignorance and self-delusion. 
These two common instances of wrongdoing will serve to illustrate and make plainer to those of my readers who, while searching for truth, are as yet doubtful, uncertain, and confused. The deep truth that all sin or evil is a condition of ignorance and therefore to be dealt with in a loving and not a hateful spirit. And as with bad habits and lying, so with all sin, with lust, hatred, malice, envy, pride, vanity, self-indulgence, and selfishness in all its forms. It is a state of spiritual darkness, the absence of the light of truth in the heart, the negation of knowledge. Thus, when, by overcoming the wrong condition in one's own heart, the nature of evil is fully realized, and mere belief gives place to living knowledge. Evil can no longer be hatefully condemned and violently resisted, and the wrongdoer is thought of with tender compassion. And this brings us to another aspect of evil, namely, that of individual freedom. The right of every person to choose his own actions. Along with the seeing of evil in others is the desire to convert or coerce others into one's own ways of thinking and acting. Probably the commonest delusion in which men are involved is that of thinking that what they themselves believe and think and do is good, and all that is otherwise is evil, and therefore to be powerfully condemned and resisted. It is out of this delusion that all persecution springs. There are Christians who regard all atheists as men wholly evil, as given up to the service of an evil power. And there are atheists who firmly believe that all Christians are doing the greatest harm to the whole human race by their superstitious and false doctrines. The truth is that neither the Christians nor the atheists is evil nor in the service of evil. But each is choosing his own way and is pursuing that course which he is convinced is right. Let a man quietly contemplate the fact that numbers of followers of various religions the world over are, as they ever were, engaged in condemning each other as evil and wrong, and regarding themselves as good and right. 
And it will help him to realize how all evil is merely ignorance, spiritual darkness. And earnest meditation on that fact will be found to be one of the greatest aids in developing greater kindness, charity, insight, and breadth of mind. The truly wise and good man sees good in all, evil in none. He has abandoned the folly of wanting others to think and act as he thinks and acts. For he sees men are variously constituted, are at different points in their spiritual evolution, and must of necessity, think and act differently. Having put away hatred, condemnation, egotism, and prejudice, he has become enlightened and sees that purity, love, compassion, gentleness, patience, humility, and unselfishness are manifestations of light and knowledge, while impurity, hatred, cruelty, passion, anger, pride, and selfishness are manifestations of darkness and ignorance, and that whether men are living in light or darkness They are one and all doing that which they think is necessary, are acting in accordance with their own measure of light or darkness. The wise man understands, and understanding, he ceases from all bitterness and accusation. Every man acts in accordance with his nature, with his own sense of right and wrong, and is surely gathering in the results of his own experience. There is one supreme right which every being possesses, to think and act as he chooses. If he chooses to think and act selfishly, thinking of his own immediate happiness only and not of that of others, then he will rapidly bring upon himself, by the action of the moral law of cause and effect, such afflictions as will cause him to pause and consider, and so find a better way. There is no teacher to compare with experience. No chastisement so corrective and purifying as that which men ignorantly inflict upon themselves. The selfish man is the ignorant man. He chooses his own way, but it is a way which leads to suffering. And through suffering to knowledge and bliss. The good man is the wise man, 
He likewise chooses his own way, but he chooses it in the full light of knowledge. Having passed through the stages of ignorance and suffering, and arrived at knowledge and bliss. Okay, we will end there right now so we can take just a short break and maybe ponder some of those some of those messages. Welcome back to the Mystic Show. Thanks to uh, Tool for this little piece of the song Parable. That song goes on to become quite heavy (laughs) and uh, drum-filled. Of course, me being a drummer, I appreciate that kind of thing. So our website is themysticshow.net and uh, I'm actually going to turn on the, the ringer of the phone now so you can actually call me for the next 10 minutes or so until we're going to get our guest on the phone. So that was quite a reading from James Allen. I mean, again, quite often after reading that, I don't I don't even feel like speaking. I feel like meditating, which is kind of hard when you're hosting a show because you can't meditate on the show. It doesn't come through the microphone very well. But I'm sure it comes through on another level, for sure. On a more subtle level. I guess that's kind of what prayer is, right? Prayer is like, almost like God's radio frequencies, right? I mean, not only prayer, like intuition and and ESP and all that stuff, right? It's something on a higher level where communication happens, and we don't know how exactly, yet, Right? I well we're kind of trying to figure that out, but in a way it's not quite necessary to figure all that out. Um maybe it is. I mean again, every just like James Allen said, everyone's on their own uh, journey here. So I wanted to just quickly talk about a topic that it's a it's a wonderful topic and it's something that I feel that I need to learn more about and practice more. And, well, it's hard to judge 
yourself, so I, I shouldn't judge myself. But um, the topic is giving. So the topic is giving, and what is what is giving? Obviously, we kind of all know when you give something to someone else or some other group of people or the universe. So giving is, well, think of it in its opposite terms first, which is not giving, which means hoarding and, you know, being a miser and being fearful and being selfish. Right? I guess it all comes down to selfishness, like our our great guest, Mystic Maria, she enlightened us a few weeks ago that whenever you come to a point where you need to make a decision, there's really two choices. One is the choice of selfishness, and the other is the choice of love or service or giving or thinking of the other person, right? There's always a selfish option which we can take. And I think most most of us, we do take that selfish option most of the time. But that's why we're here on this show talking about spirituality in very practical terms. Not only talking about the topics, but talking about how we can implement them in our lives. So giving. All right. Well, let me let me explain this first. This thought, this is just a thought that God or divinity is always giving everything to us as human beings. I mean, God gives us the trees, the air, the earth, the vegetables, the animals, you know, the beetles, the mice. I meant I meant beetles like the the insect, the beetles, but also the the rock band, the beetles. God did give us that as well, <laughs> and our own bodies. God gives God gave us and is continuing to give us. Right, our bodies are always regenerating themselves, healing themselves growing, you know, regenerating cells. And on the spiritual level, we're always receiving this grace or this some kind of energy from God that keeps us alive. It's that spark of life, you know, that separates you from a corpse. You know, it's uh, in the meditation practice that I'm a part of, that I do, um, there's one part of the practice where this sort of spiritual energy or energyless energy can be shared or given, and it's, it's um, the way that's explained is like our body, our physical body needs physical food to sustain itself. Right? If you did not eat food, you would just, you'd eventually die because 
your body needs food to sustain itself. In the same way, our spirit or soul, it needs food on that level. So what is that spiritual food? Well, that is this energyless energy that's coming directly from God every moment. So think about that. The divine is always giving us everything. Which brings up a point when you, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but when you watch um, like a PBS special on TV and uh, like my wife did where Wayne Dyer was talking and and she she called up and made a donation of a few hundred bucks just, you know, to get Wayne Dyer's book and his DVD and, you know, whatever else. So, in a way, she was giving a donation. But was she really giving the donation? Because everything we have is from God, and eventually it's not going to be ours anyway. It's only ours in our mind. So, what are when you give, what are you really giving? Or, better way to phrase that question... When you give something, are you really giving something? So that'll that'll twist your brain for a little while if you want to ponder that one. So divinity is always giving to us. And so when we are trying to become divinized human beings, we're trying to become spiritual people. We're trying to become perfect people, perfect in the spiritual sense. We're trying to become saintly, or whatever you want to call it. On our journey, it makes sense that we need to learn how to give just like the divine gives. So, how is that? How can we do that? Well, I just have a couple ideas here. The first one is pretty simple, to give without being selfish. You know, because a lot of times we don't give because... We think that if we give something we have away, then we won't have anything. Like if you give, most people think if they give some money away, they're going to be broke and they're going to be poor and they're going to be homeless. So they're afraid of that. So that's why they don't give. They just keep it. And again, we're just talking about the topic here. We're not being judgmental, and I would encourage you not to be judgmental of yourself either. Because like I said, I I think this is an area in my own personal life where I I could definitely improve a lot. So giving without being selfish and sort of like trusting in the universe that even if you give something away, you're not going to be broke and poor and homeless. Because we all know when you give, you receive. So the whole selfish attitude is, it, it's artificial. And it actually brings miseries onto ourselves, just like James Allen has been speaking about. And the other way, the other little thing, uh, idea about giving is to give without judgment. So sometimes 
somebody will ask for something or someone will need something. And instead of just giving something to them that they need, we'll actually try to judge the situation. You know, do they deserve this? You know, will they, will they use this money properly if I give the money? You know, so we, we, before we even give anything, we sort of, in our minds, try to judge the person or the organization. And we go through all these machinations in our mind to decide if we should give. And think about it. That's not how divinity gives. You know, God doesn't judge you. He just keeps giving and giving and giving to you. I always thought of it, you know, even the the most heinous, vile people on the planet, you know, the murderers and all crazy people, God's still giving everything to them, sometimes even a lot of money and a lot of fame and a lot of power. So God gives. And we can really look, you know, think about this topic of giving in our own lives and how we give and sort of just, excuse me, assess yourself on your state of giving, maybe your attitude of giving. So I think it's pretty fascinating when you think about how the divine gives to us and it's our opportunity to give that way to others. And of course, you don't have to give away everything you own. You don't have to sell your house and be homeless. I mean, you know, that's that's ridiculous. But there's a lot of ways we can give. And most times, we can really help by just giving our time. You know, just talking to people or listening to people who need to talk or need to be listened to. So giving our time, I mean, we give a lot of time to our family, right? If you have any thoughts on giving, you can, uh, when this show is posted, go ahead and post your comments in the on the website, themysticshow.net. Um, one other quick note about giving is that a lot of times we give, but it's only from our ego. And we, we, we're giving just to puff ourselves up. Like, you know, a lot of times when here in America, when we send food over to Africa or something, you know, there's a big, you know, there's a big announcement. They have a whole dinner and they, you know, they're congratulating people who were helping to, you know, raise this money and or, or donate this money. And it's like we're edifying these people who just helped raise money to give some food to people in Africa. And a lot of times all that is done for ego. People want to be known as the big, the big helper, the, you know, the big donation guy because it puffs up his ego. But really giving food to a fellow human being who needs food, that is not giving. That is a duty, right? That's something we should just do without even thinking about it, without even wanting to be lauded for it and applauded and and being uh, honored for doing that, right? That's something we should just do. So a lot of times we give in the wrong way. We're giving just out of ego and 
and it kind of sours the gift, if you know what I mean, because it's not from the heart. So there you have it. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and, uh, and get our guest on the phone. You're listening to The Mystic Show. Welcome back to the Mystic Show. That was a little piece from uh, John Adams. This is a piece called China Gates. And a uh, funny story about this piece is I had an alarm clock radio years ago. And it was set for the radio to start playing in the morning to wake me up. And it started playing one morning. And I started hearing that song that piano and i was you know riveted to it i was it was amazing and i was like wow what is this and and then the dj at the end of that song actually said oh that was china gates and i remembered it and i wrote it down and then of course i went on the internet and i found i found it and i could hear it and it's really just a wonderful piece. It's so very artistic and and creative. It's a very creative use of the of the piano as an instrument. So, right now, I'm actually dialing our guest. And there it is. We're going to get Mike Schmidt on the show, hopefully. Hi, this is Mike Hi, Mike. This is Chris from The Mystic Show. Good morning. Hey, how you doing? Great. Well, thank you for uh, being on our show as a guest, Mike. We really appreciate it. Can I be called Mystic, Mike? Mystic? Really cool. Oh, man. You nailed it. If you have Mystic Maria, I think Mystic Mike would just... Don't be you got it. All right. Cool. You got it. Well, my wife's name is, a, is, is Mullar, so she can be Mystic Mullar. You got Mystic Mike, and if my mom calls, she'll be Mystic Mom. <laughs> so what can we do for you, Mystic Chris? <laughs> right? What am I? What, yeah, we'll figure out one for me. Anyhow, Mike Schmidt, I mean, I've we've known each other for a couple years now, and I just got to tell folks, you're involved in a lot of really great work. I mean, you're, you're basically, um, you have, you've studied and have certifications in several areas, including Reiki, rebirthing, hypnotherapy, NLP, angel healing, EFT, Akashic reading, and Qigong. Did I say that right, Qigong? <laughs> That's right. All right. So, man, you're, you're just involved in all this, you know, otherworldly stuff. You, you must Absolutely. love it. I do. I do. 
so and and you must be a student also to to be learning this this many different uh, arts, right? Over thirty years, I, and I don't think anybody can just go one way and get everything they need. Um, I, I really think you have to branch out and look at everything. And when I deal with other people, I definitely use what I think is good for them or what they lead me to. I mean, actually, I'm led to. Right. So that's a. I you know I also agree with that philosophy that if you learn a lot of different things in a lot of different areas and especially these days with the you know having uh, when it comes to having a job no one has a job for 40 years and just retires from that job anymore everyone has like a job every two or three four years um i think learning from a lot of different areas actually helps to put the whole picture together and to really get a better understanding of 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 life in general right Right, and some of, I mean, everybody's either mainly auditory, kinesthetic, visual, and if you, you you have to pick the modality that works for the person and what the person will keep doing because everything's a habit. And if you don't create good habits, um, like you were talking about giving, giving is actually a habit. It's either a habit or it's not a habit. Um, And... If you can get people to do what they want to do and enjoy what they're doing, they'll create a habit from it um, because that's usually where people come for healing. Um, they want to heal something, but it's the healing, whatever you want, need to heal is usually a bad habit, and what you want to heal is to create a, a, a better understanding of what that is and then create a habit that heals you from whatever whatever that is, weight, cigarettes, whatever whatever. You, whatever we're trying to do. I, you know, I'm so glad you're mentioning habit because I want to ask you about energy healing in general, because a lot of people, maybe if they don't know about it, and honestly, I haven't done really any energy healing. I mean, I haven't undergone any. Um, Some people might think it's like magic, but when you talk about changing habits, I mean, that totally brings it into practical real life. I'm I'm happy to hear that. Well, practical real life, when, when somebody wants to know really what habits and what, um, like a prescription. Say if I was to tell somebody the three biggest things that I want them to take away from a session, it's breathing, gratitude, and asking for help from whatever whatever energy you, you ask help from, angels, um, guides, the other side, whatever. But those three things, um, asking for help, you know, is is um, are the three biggest things, and people forget to breathe. Um, they don't turn to gratitude when they need gratitude. And um, if you can create habits out of okay, so when I'm in a situation that I'm that I have angst about, um, I breathe. You get hurt, you breathe. You are hurting, you breathe. Um, you remember to be grateful. Praying, you were talking about praying is being grateful in advance. Um, and there's an energy to all of that. So energy medicine and the, the theories, the habits, the philosophy aren't too far apart. Energy is just the frequency of habit and the, um, the vibration of habit. Right? That's pretty cool. So let's, let's talk about this energy healing. I mean, obviously, we have a physical body. And then we have other subtle bodies, and we and we have something like a soul that we know of, and you know we we have a mental body maybe, and and even Eckhart Tolle talks about having a pain body. So what is 
what is the energy healing that you do um, actually? How does it affect the human system? And and maybe you can tell us what modality or just speak about one of these, maybe Reiki or or Reiki. Reiki and Qigong are very very close together. And basically, the theory that I use, I try to take everything down to the simplest form, even so I can understand it. Because sometimes when you fan so far out, you don't even understand what you're doing anymore. So what the, the, the long and short of it is that we all, any dis-ease, instead of disease, any dis-ease we have in our body is generally caused by some form of stagnation. Okay? So, or we put some emotional, emotional trauma in our body. And if we can figure out where that is, and sometimes we don't even need to figure out where that is, if we can move that on, if we can move it, stagnation is probably where um, I would say, personally, some, some people could debate this, but that's where some cancers come from, that's where a lot of disease comes from. And as long as we have movement, and we find the stagnation in somebody's body, and we use some form of energy and breath, too. Breath, breath is a pump. Breath moves energy. Breath moves things. Um, we're taught how to take energy from our hands, um, from our minds, and actually move with intent things that are stagnant. So that's how energy medicine works. It's basically finding stagnation and moving it along. Stagnation is... is is our biggest enemy, I think, in thought, in body, in spirit. So now, do you? How do you sense where this stagnation is? You, well, if you can feel energy, and some people can, and some people can't. Some some healers feel it. Um, there's some. It, it's funny because you're very auditory, and I can actually hear stagnation sometimes. There's different vibrations when I put my hand over and around different areas of people's bodies. And I can actually hear a humming and a buzz when I get to certain stagnations or, or issues. Um, some people can actually feel them in their hands, and I can do that too sometimes. And some people can actually visualize the grid of somebody's body and find um, the, the, the stagnation or the issue. I usually can't do that as well as I can do the other two. Mm. So you're, uh, this idea of stagnation, is it like sort of like negative energy or something Some, sometimes it's stuck energy i mean stagnation can be anything from cholesterol to um somebody having a trauma like i say you know you have a trauma in your life and you actually put that trauma with breath with intensity with your mind into your body and sometimes it'll get stuck there i mean some people have trauma in say their knee and each body part represents different emotions and different things. Um, you know, your lower back represents financial issues. Your shoulders and your upper back represent burden. So whenever you feel burden, your back may start to actually tense up and, and, and you know, you, and, and then when you breathe into what, say your lower back, say you're having a problem with your lower back or your hip, and you know it's financially driven, you can actually breathe into that area, which is a very different way of thinking. It's hard to it's hard to think that you can actually breathe into your back or your knee or your ankle or your toe, but you can actually learn how to do that. And that's in, intention and attention into 
the area. Mostly when, when you have pain or, or discomfort, it's your body saying, I need attention. And what most people do is take the attention and either ignore it or suppress it or make it wrong or get angry at it. And you almost have to look at that and go, okay, so my knee or my back needs attention and be nurturing to that area. And you can be nurturing to that with energy, but you can also be nurturing to that with your thoughts. You can be nurturing to that with your breath. Um, it's a very different way of thinking. It's, it, and again, that way of thinking is a habit. Right. So you're you're working with a lot of folks, I guess. Do you work with a number of folks who maybe they're trying traditional medicine or taking some pills and maybe they augment it with, with coming to you? Well, well the, both. Mostly people will go to their doctor, and I, I, I deal with some pretty heavy-duty things. And um, I, the one thing that will, make, will create disease, um, discomfort, and um, wreak havoc on your body is fear. So if somebody's going to the doctor and the doctor says, listen, the protocol here is chemo and radiation and all that kind of thing, I, I can't tell them they can't do that or they shouldn't do that because it would throw them into fear a lot of the time. Right. You know, to, to be able to, to walk away from a doctor after somebody with that kind of authority says you need this protocol and, and walk away from it and go, I'm going totally natural is a big, huge leap of faith. And I deal with some people that do that, and I deal with some people that don't. And the ones that don't, then we deal with, you know, what the chemotherapy and the radiation and the mental process through all that does to them and make sure that they breathe that out and that they they are able to uh, make their cells so they don't stagnate and don't put the trauma and, and what they're going through in another part of their body. Um, and we actually talk to the, the cancer a lot of the time. We actually talk to it. Wow. And say, get out of here? <laughs> no, you, it, you know, it, it's funny. If you, were to, if you were to visualize some disease and some cancer as a bully, you would have to think, or, or, or a bratty child, you, the more you say get out of here, the more it's going to stay there the more it's going to dig its heels in. You have to understand it and explain to it that this really isn't the place it should be. It's not good for you, and it's not good for me. When you want somebody to do something, you have to explain to them that it's not good for them either. It's not good for me to have you in me, and it's not good for you to be here. Wow, yeah. Makes sense? Yeah, it really does. (laughs) You know, exactly. I like the, the analogy of the bully or the, you know... And now, and now, when you get down to it, all that is energy. The energy of that statement and that way and that intent is a total, you know, a, we, we go to our Qigong teacher all the time. He goes, Sal, you know, how do we know that this is going to work? He goes, because you intend it. And when you put attention on something, it changes. And, and usually when people talk about the secret and manifesting and things like that, they talk about, the fact that when you put attention on something, it expands, and that's what gratitude does. I'm sorry I'm talking kind of in a circle, but if you, if you aim your thoughts on what you're grateful for, they will expand. If you, if you put your thoughts on what you're fearful of, that will expand also. So you've got you to 
put your thoughts on what you are grateful for and what you want to expand, and that's the maintenance of your whole life, and that's the habit that you want to form, is trying to figure out what you're thinking and what thoughts you're putting out there and what you're actually expanding on. Because if you get in a rut of spiraling down or um, getting, say, let's get back to cancer, if you get afraid of that and all you're thinking about is, oh, my God, what is going to happen next instead of how we're going to beat this or how we're going to raise my vibration or how we're going to get through this, um, those are all habits. That's really good. Um, I just want to also mention that uh, you're listening to The Mystic Show, and uh, our guest today is Mike Schmidt. He's um, he's uh, certified in Reiki and hypnotherapy and, and Qigong and all kinds of other stuff. You can find his inform- <coughs> excuse me. You can find his information at uh, the website www.centerforintegrativehealing.com. That's centerforintegrativehealing.com. And I'll, that link I'll be putting on the show post. So you can always go to the show post on our website, themysticshow.net, and you can just click the link and go to Mike's page and see all about him. Um, so, Mike, I wanted to ask you, when you're talking about energy healing and people have stagnant energy or negative energy, you, as a healer, do you ever run the risk of, like, you know, maybe you remove their negative energy, but maybe you take it onto yourself somehow? <laughs> there's there's, <laughs> there's different <laughs> ways to do that. There's actually a... Um, a prayer called the white light prayer and um, that you can surround yourself with white light, pink light. Um, but you know, it's interesting. You were talking about giving when mm-hmm. you're giving, when you're honestly giving and you're giving of yourself and you put yourself on off to the side and you really one with your client. Um, it sounds like there could be a, a give and take of also the disease, but there really isn't. If you're giving, giving is, forward energy, not giving, when you were talking about giving, it was really interesting because what I thought about was that when you go inside, when, when you're introspective and you're being spiritual, that's a, that's a particular kind of going inside. When you don't give and you don't give because you're afraid that you don't have enough or you don't want to or you're angry, you actually go inside for a different reason. And the reason why God and the angels and the universe seems like it's more giving is because it has everything. It doesn't have anything to lose. And it is an example of giving because it's all forward motion. God doesn't go backwards and start mulling over stuff and, you know, <laughs> wondering if he should have. or You know, that's why he doesn't have any judgment. judgment. You know, we, on the other hand, go into therapy and judge the fact that we judge. <laughs> you know, that's half of, that's a lot of what we do at the center is like try to make sure that somebody's not stuck in a spiral of making themselves wrong for making themselves wrong. <laughs> right? You, gotta, <laughs> you know, it's kooky. Yeah, you got to break that pattern somehow. You got to break all those patterns. So I wanted to ask you about um, hypnotherapy because I just read this book. Uh, you've probably heard of it. I've been talking about it. Um, the Holographic Universe by Michael mm-hmm. Talbot. And he talks about, you know, hypnosis and, and this kind of thing. And, you know, also one of my favorite, uh, I don't know what you'd call him, favorite psychics was Edgar Casey. I read a lot of books about Edgar Casey. So <laughs> I've always been interested in hypnosis. So, well, yeah, well, t- t- gonna, talk I'm about gonna that. Veer, 
I'm going to veer you off onto another direction. Um, <laughs> Edgar Casey, Edgar Casey was called the Sleeping Prophet, and Ed- Edgar Casey, his readings um, came from the Akashic records. And uh, the Akashic records, the Akasha is basically chi energy. It's everything around us. That's what the definition of Akasha is. And the records are the records of everybody's soul from the beginning of time. Everybody's thoughts everybody's, you know, what, what their purpose in life is. So Edgar Casey used to go to the Akashic Records and ask for the book on whatever subject he was reading or whatever person he was reading. Um, I, I decided that I wanted to do what Edgar Casey did because I love Edgar Casey. So at the bottom of my biography, when you say Akashic Reading, that's what Edgar Casey did. And I'm learning how to do that. Actually, I, I do do that. I think everything's a learning experience. I always say I'm learning to do something. Of course. Done it for a long time. <laughs> but that is one of the coolest things to be able to do and to do for others. And that's a big part of what I do now is Akashic Reading. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry. If you're that's okay. Off, yeah, um, no. I'm, I'm, therapy. I'm, glad you, I'm glad you mentioned all that stuff because it's, uh, that, that's important, actually. So uh, with the hypnosis, and, and you know, we only have a couple minutes left, Mike, um, but t- talk about the hypnosis. Is is it you know? Do people just want to be hypnotized? Do they walk in and say, okay, you know, hypnotize me and fix me up, or or how does it work? Usually, hypnosis is linked in people's minds with things like um, cigarettes, weight, um, and really, what it is in a in a really in a really easy way is the bridge between the subconscious and the conscious mind. You relax the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, and you go into the subconscious mind where people have decided and created beliefs, decided things and created beliefs, and kind of ask the subconscious mind and the conscious mind to decide whether those beliefs from whenever those beliefs were formed, whether it's at very young um, or even in a past life, we do past life regression also, um, are what they still want to do and use now. And it's really what's driving their life. Mostly, if you figure out what's driving somebody's life, it has to do with something in the subconscious mind that has become a habit, has kept um, repetitively gone over, and basically you look at that pattern and you go, is that, is that something that you even need to do or want to do anymore? And, and because nature hates the void also, you plug in something different. So the minute you pull out something, you also have to put something in its place. So under hypnosis, you put somebody in a very, very relaxed state. And usually people are conscious in that state. That's another misnomer. Some people do go out completely, but most people are fairly, you know, they, they, they know what's going on the whole time. So if that's any kind of fear of anybody, um, again, you, you, you pretty much know what's going on in hypnosis. It's just a very relaxed state. Right. Wow. All right. So let's uh, let's talk about the Center for Integrative Healing. I mean, I, um, I've actually been there, and I met uh, Deborah Lilly as well. Just give give me like thirty seconds or so on on the center. Well, the the center is there's about seven therapists at this point, and they all have their modalities, and they all have their own energy and frequency, and they're all awesome people. We all got together after going through hypnosis and past life regression studies. 
And um, if you go on the bio, uh, if you go on the website um, and look through all the bios, you'll meet some of the neatest people that I've ever met in my life. And um, you, you, whoever resonates with you is who you should go see if you want to visit the the, the, um, the center. Um, but we're all we're all our own entities. It's not really one business. Everybody does their own thing. So um, go on the website, take a look. Um, again, they're some of the most awesome people, every single one of them. So take a look. Take a look at Deb. Yes, Deb, Deb is how we met. And uh, Deb is my partner, my girlfriend, my love. And um, it, 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 this journey is way more awesome because we both are very interested in the same thing and have this kind of conversation almost all the time. That's all we talk about. That's it. Cool. That's very cool. So I would, Pretty cool. I would encourage folks if you want to, you know, continue this conversation, either call Mike or visit the center, or you know, you're more than welcome to to get involved and reach out. Um, I mean, you know, we'll have to have you back on sometime, Mike, because you know, I think we just scratched the surface. Um, yep, we just did. So this is very cool. So thank you, Mike Schmidt, uh, integrative healer, certified in Reiki and hypnotherapy and all a whole list of stuff that's so cool that you're into all that stuff mike i love it it's because i don't golf (laughs) (laughs) all right well thanks mike and uh and the the post will be up so you can we can share that with the the listeners as well and your links will be on there okay thanks chris all right thanks again mike have a good day all right take care well there you have it mike schmidt integrative healer that was very cool very quick a lot of great information so that brings us to an end here folks folks i'm not talking to folks i'm talking to you so that was a lot of information pretty quickly if you want to re-listen to that it'll be up on the website themysticshow.net it'll be as a podcast So thanks for joining me today. And as you move into your day, bring some of this positive energy with you or neutral energy. Nothing wrong with neutral. All right. So have a great day, everybody. See you tomorrow. And keep shining.